hello, hi! Welcome to An Absolute Gag. It's the podcast where I like to talk to people about the moments of performances that left them speechless. I'm Tommy Bullington, and you're back. I, I can't believe you're back. My parents and my family and my friends said that you were no good for me, but I knew they were wrong. And this is where we make out. And scene. (laughs) Oh, I'm so happy that you are here to join us today for today's podcast. My guest today is a dear friend of mine. He is an actor. He's a filmmaker. His name is Ryan Stamaker. And I'm really excited about his gag because I think it's a very unique gag that is a little different than anything that we've done so far. Five episodes in, and we're already breaking the rules. (laughs) Uh, Before we get started, I just wanted to, again, thank everybody for the wonderful feedback, the great uh, comments that I've gotten, everything. Y'all just make me blush. You do. If you do want to help me out, you can head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a little review or rate with some stars, preferably five. That would be great. (laughs) Please don't give me a one-star review. Please don't. Because truly, my soul won't be able to take it. Oh, You know, this has been a long week, and I'm really excited to get to the podcast. It's definitely become a highlight of my week. It's become a highlight of my life. I love it. And so let's go ahead and get started. But first, let's talk about our charity focus of the week. Our charity focus comes to us today from our guest, suggested by our guest, and I will be making a donation in their name as a thank you for giving their time and their art to us. So, our charity focus of the week is My Block, My Hood, My City. My Block, My Hood, My City provides underprivileged youth with an awareness of the world and opportunities beyond their neighborhood. We take students on explorations focused on STEM, arts and culture, citizenry, and volunteerism, health, community development, culinary arts, and entrepreneurism. Their core values include interconnectivity, empathy, hope, and civic responsibility. I've heard amazing things about this this charity, so I'm really excited that Ryan suggested it. Uh, he's been making some donations, he said, so I'm really, really thrilled to give some attention to it and to give some support, and I hope that you will join me in doing the same by donating to My Block, My Hood, My City. Their website is formyblock.org. And on there, you can see where you can donate, where you can volunteer, where you can sponsor. They got all kinds of stuff. So it's really, it's a really great program. And I'm so excited that our charity focus of the week is my block, my hood, my city. All right. So we're getting ready to dive into our interview today. And it is so good. I think it's going to be a really interesting interview. First of all, I make the comment in the interview that Ryan 
gave me the straightest list of suggestions. <laughs> but I mean, he was, he's like my first straight guest, um, male straight guest, sorry, ladies. But <laughs> he like, he gave me the straightest list. And yet I was like, I want to talk about all of these things. I love all these things. And what we landed on, I'm really excited to dive into. It's very unique. It's very interesting. And that's what I really hope that this podcast continues to be, which is there are no definitions truly to what is an absolute gag. It should be anything and any moment that gags you, just anything that really leaves you speechless. That's what I love. And that's what I love talking to my guests about. And that's what I love hearing about. So my brain is everywhere, y'all. So I have bed bugs. <laughs> do you like how I just confessed it? I was like, I have bed bugs. But I do. I have the bed bugs right now, and it is stressing me out. And the last the last piece of theater that I saw before the closing down of the world is the play Bug by Tracy Letts. And right now I'm full on. I am Carrie Coon over here, just like itching and putting on a tinfoil hat. Ah, that's me right now. So, you know, pandemic and an election and now bedbugs. It's all, it's all just happening, you know? <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Enough about me. Enough about whining about me. Just a quick update. Armand is great. He's fine. Bedbugs don't bother him. He's like, I've lived through fleas, sir. This is nothing. Uh, so he's doing fine. And he's been really well behaved during all of these podcasts. And I can't, I, I'm so proud of him. I really am. I mean, he is a little asshole in other ways, but at least he gives me the space I need to record my podcast. <laughs> okay. Enough, 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 enough. Let's get to our guest today, my interview with Ryan Stamaker and his absolute gag. Ooh, it's episode five now. <laughs> you know you're listening to episode five. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast. Where'd you go, you silly gooses? Geese. <laughs> I'm going to call you both gooses and geeses. Welcome back. I'm so excited to have with me on the podcast tonight he's a dear friend of mine i adore him so much he's an actor in the city he's worked at just about anywhere and everywhere <laughs> he also does a lot of amazing uh, videography and is like his own little director writer kind of deal he's actually uh, a big part of behind the scenes of 
former guest Patrick Tierney, his Chicago artist circle. This person helps him at it and gets it looking all nice and all professional. He's a gym. I love him. Please welcome to the podcast, Ryan Stamiger. Hello. Hey. Hello. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Thank you. I actually just listened to uh, Patrick's episode today. Right. Because in real episode. time, it came out this this morning. Yesterday? Yeah, uh, yesterday. Sure. Yes. What's time anymore? Who knows? I have no idea. <laughs> Is it Saturday? I don't know. Who <laughs> Ryan, how are you with everything considered? Everything considered. Uh, I... I am well, you know, as yeah. as as well as can be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, things are things are happening that aren't amazing, but we're 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 keeping on, keeping on, keep you know. <laughs> um, I do know, I do know. Now, are you in Wisconsin with your family? Or are you in no, Chicago? No, I'm in I'm in Chicago. I guess you never would have seen this apartment that you can see on the Zoom. Um no, this yeah. is my uh Avondale apartment. Um <gasps> Oh, it's so nice. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh mostly Sorry. Andrew Andrew did most of it cuz he lived here before I did or at least the room that you're seeing right now. Well, it looks beautiful. Also, I mean, this is nothing to the listener. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I hope you enjoy for it <laughs> <laughs> i was like there's wood everywhere it's beautiful yeah we've got a little we've got a little piano nook uh oh, some accordions oh, down there we love a nook yes we're all about a nook <laughs> <laughs> all about the nook key. all about that nook. <laughs> tom nook in the house <laughs> Oh, Ryan, I'm so excited to have you. You know, you gave me a a really interesting list. A list. I gave you a a list that took me three seconds. (laughs) (laughs) You had them all prepared. It's also, congratulations, it's the straightest list that anybody (laughs) ever (laughs) Sure. I was like, I was like, this makes sense. Like this all makes sense. <laughs> but Ryan Stamager, what is your absolute gag? Uh, my absolute gag is, uh, you asked me for performances, uh, and I gave mm-hmm. you a few, but this and another one interests me a little bit. Um, from like a director's viewpoint, my absolute gag is Edgar Wright's performance as director and half writer of the movie Shaun of the Dead. When we were shooting the scene with the zombies outside the pub, one of the zombies in makeup came up to me thinking that I was a runner and just looked over at me and went, straight to video for this one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I, I have to tell you, I was so excited you said this because... You're right. Uh, there are performances that directors do, especially film directors, mm-hmm. because they are the last ones. They've got the handle on everything. That's who they are. They they create the piece. Oh, really, absolutely, truly. I mean, they have their hands in everything, especially Edgar. Well, like, I think I think yeah, we'll talk about that a lot. It's like sure, there's a there's there's. Spielberg and and you can you can see his stamp on his movies but like 
an Edgar Wright movie is an Edgar Wright movie, almost in a way that like a Tarantino movie is a Tarantino movie, but not so, so drastic, I guess. Um, (laughs) It's just like, he is so, he is so intuitive and, and almost stages his movie to a T that just like works so well. I totally agree. Now, what is it specifically about Shaun of the Dead that gags you? Uh, uh, That is a good question. I think it's because um, it is the first thing I, in that list we were talking about, I had, I could, you know, I could talk about any of them. I could talk about Hot Fuzz through, (laughs) through Baby Driver. I could talk about Last Night in Soho. It's not even out yet. And I'm still already excited (laughs) for it. I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But this one is the one, you know, it's the, it's the company it's the it's the in the heights it's the the thing that like shows they like come out of a canon saying like this is what i can make and kind of on a low lower budget and and right. with with no named actors i mean simon pegg uh was in spaced which was edgar wright's and simon pegg's tv show beforehand right. um but like no real like star power to its name. So like, here's what I can give you. Like if you give me more, we can go anywhere with it. Yeah. So in in doing the research and everything, I found out that he did direct one film early on, and then he did a lot of television Mm -hmm. and then came this show or this movie. So I I found something out that just it's something that interested me, and I don't know if you agree with me on this or not. But uh, when I was watching, so I just watched right before we hopped on here, which I've seen, Shana, I've seen all Edgar Wright films. I love Edgar uh-huh. Wright; I think he's so so brilliant. This one to me, Shaun of the Dead, above any other, feels like the way that. British television is run. It feels like an, an episode of a British television show. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which is uh, interesting because it kind of was, this movie specifically was kind of birthed out of an episode of the show Spaced. There's an episode where, oh, yeah, yeah. So Tim, um, Simon Pegg's character, I, I forget what drug he's on. And I think it's, I think it's like just an over-the-counter, like, it's like acetaminophen or something like he, he overdoses, not overdoses, but he, he takes too much of like some Tylenol or something and start like cough syrup maybe. And he starts hallucinating that he's in a, a zombie attack. Um, oh, so that's, that's kind of, well, there are two different stories. I think there's that. And there's Edgar Wright has also said, we were just like, they were at Nick Frost's house watching horror movies and they were like, we should make this. That is so, that is so interesting. I had no clue. Yeah. But like, with the especially with the like really really recent explosion of british television shows mm-hmm. bbc shows that are just like out of this world it feels like the way that killing eve runs it feels the same way there was actually i saw like hints of i may destroy you if you've watched any of that i have movie. not watched it yet I think we talked about this yeah so uh, there's just some very specific like British television things about it mm-hmm. that I love that just like oh, well, I think it's I think it's just like British comedy in general, oh, you know? Like yeah. it's it's I mean there are parts of it that make me think of even like Lancelot running towards 
um the <laughs> castle in monty python that it when the two guys just like sitting there and watching and like cutting back and forth until he's there and stabs them like it's just like it's the evolution and this is kind of the early early 2000s form of that british comedy which is also interesting because this movie takes a lot of what spaced is um but mm-hmm. even even kind of evolves and grows it up a little from spaced like spaced is very late 90s sitcom with a very edgar wright feel but it still mm-hmm. feels like it's in the 90s yeah where this is almost ageless there's not there's not really anything that other than that they play a playstation 2 no. that makes it like distinctly 2000s yeah no i that and maybe the cold play uh, <laughs> yeah, <cameo>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but it's so true though i'll tell you what this is a fascinating movie to watch during a pandemic <laughs> i i have that written down all over the place um yeah in, insane right yeah yeah especially when bill nye's character gets bit and he's like oh my god i have it i have it written down what did he say he has uh oh my god i'm quite all right barbara i ran it under a cold tap (laughs) so so good (laughs) i love that i um first of all every performance in this movie i'm obsessed with oh i really i really love simon Pegg. i think that there's some really fabulous qualities to him that like, I feel like we're still kind of figuring out. And every now and then, like he'll get a movie or he'll get a role where he really gets to showcase it. Um, I would love to see him back in television now, actually. Yeah. Well, cause he did, um, have you seen the boys on Amazon? Oh, yes. Yes. Cause he's on that first season. Oh, and yeah. He plays the character's father in it, which is really yes. interesting. Yeah. Oh but, my god, I haven't. I watched it last year, which was a hundred years ago. So, <laughs> <laughs> truly, again, yeah. what it's time. <laughs> but he's so good in it because he's very like it's a very small performance from him, but it's really, really great. Yeah. But I'm curious to know what your thoughts are. What What is the moment for you that makes you go? Oh, this is like Edgar Wright. Like this mm. is what he does. I think, yeah, I was trying to think of that while like thinking and watching the movie again is just, you know, especially with the Cornetto trilogy as a whole and my first introduction to it. Sorry, the Cornetto trilogy is this hot fuzz and uh, the world's end. And it's called the Cornetto trilogy because it started in this movie. Ed asks for Cornetto ice cream, mm-hmm. um, which comes in three different flavors, and they just made it a running joke in each movie, and it became the Cornetto trilogy. But you know, you have those movies, and you're like, as a as a viewer, as an audience member, especially if you're like not involved in the arts and you're not you're you just kind of are a a, a fan of movies. You like you like seeing things. Yeah. Um, it has. Oh, you you would think, you know, you see you see um Simon Pegg and Nick Frost uh up there and you're like, mm-hmm. "Oh, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost movies, they are they are like this." But then you see Paul and yeah. it's not. Um it's, not. No. it's it's they they are they are beautiful together. They have great chemistry and really great bouncing off each other comedic timing, but it's the it's the staging of it um and and the 
like almost story rounding, I think that makes it distinctly an Edgar Wright movie. There's obviously the the like the editing tricks that he does, the the crash zooms and the the quick cuts and the whip pans, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But there's uh, things that I think are distinctly Edgar Wright are like attention to detail, synchronicity, mm-hmm. um, and kind of just a uh, uh, a laying out of of the movie before the movie. Um, yeah, you know, and and this one, this one does a lot of that, especially. It basically up until up until you see a, a for sure zombie Zed word for the first time, <laughs> um, you don't say that. <laughs> you see, you see the whole movie, right? You see, yeah. like, everything happens, and then it just happens again. But we've evolved from the last time it happens, and there's zombies. <laughs> yeah, there's just the added factor of zombies. It's really interesting. I how long do you think the movie goes before it actually shows like an interaction? What's great is that is that there's zombies in the movie right away. Yes. Um and kind of what we were talking about about the whole like watching this movie during this pandemic specifically like <laughs> these guys, you know, these guys are they're in a full-on zombie invasion before they even take note of it. There's there's two zombies in front of them, like trying to eat them. And it still takes them a second to even when they go back. So, so there's the scene where, where the girl is in the backyard and they're throwing the, they're throwing all the records at her, um, at her and the, the big guy. And then they, they like put a hole through her stomach and they get inside and they're like, I don't know what to do. And they sit down and watch the TV and the news guy is like saying like, you have to, you have to get the brain. You have to do this. And Ed says, do you think that's the same thing? Like, <laughs> like, and like the whole, like staying in the home and everything. Like, yes, you got to stay inside. Don't go out. Do you believe everything you see on TV? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so that was really interesting, especially during this time. Yeah. Do you think Ed would be a no mask person? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I think, I think they both would start. Sean would do it out of, uh, out of, uh, just kind of like, like the whole movie. Like there's, there's symbols of, you see, you hear radio things. You see like people coughing on the, on the bus. You see army things like go through like normal yeah. parts of town. He's like, ah, yeah. you know, he's he just he's, ignores it. Yeah. And, and because he ignores it, there's no focus in the film on it, which exactly. I think is really incredible. I think for me, what I wrote down that screams Edgar Wright, uh-huh. besides his obvious editing choices, his uh, music, the like how important music is to his films. Mm-hmm. What screams Edgar Wright to me is I wrote down, it is the personal story versus the grand yes. story. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, to me, it's just the story of two child men, mm-hmm. <laughs> grown child men, who one of them is keeping them zombies, yep. truly, and one is trying to figure out how to get out of being a zombie. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I think about all of his movies, you know, I think about 
Hot Fuzz is Hot Fuzz is my favorite. I sure. think Hot Fuzz is genius, but I think it's a a, a movie about some, obviously small town government and small town gossip and rumors and and nastiness. Uh, and then I think about Scott Pilgrim, which I love. My and favorite, that, yeah, yeah. Scott Pilgrim is so good. <laughs> <laughs> and I think about how it's just a, a movie about somebody who cannot define relationships who struggles with relationships who mm-hmm. doesn't know what to do and but yeah it's all done on such a grand scale yeah and that's what's so brilliant about his films in my opinion well i totally agree and this one specifically like he has such a way of of getting like really emotional and like well-acted scenes across in the middle in the middle of like insanity yeah. um and what I love about it, like you were saying, is that, you know, he uses the whole focus is is Sean and his relationships. And like we care about this guy from the start and like we want to see him grow up because because we want him because they're like him and Liz, they don't have any problems other than that. He's not present and he can't yeah. he can't be like the relationship that that she needs because he's just like tooling around with Ed and, and uh, drinking every night. Um, and like, he just kind of like neglects his familial, familial stuff and all that. Um, so we yeah. want to see him get those. And it's crazy that they're like, yeah, we can, we can have this, this relationship story, whether it be family, friends, uh, romantic and watch this guy and help this guy grow up. But we need a zombie apocalypse to make it happen. We need, we need the end of the world to like push the stakes so far that like the only thing he can do is fix those relationships. Which feels so, that is men. And then that it truly takes a disaster for them to grow up. Yes. So, like, yes. I totally, absolutely. I relate so much to that. I was like, oh, uh, yeah, that is, that is, that's us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I So when we talk about his editing style mm-hmm. and everything, so when he does these quick cutaways, like, what do you think is the intention in those? What I was thinking about today is, is a pacing like Edgar Wright, mm-hmm. especially as, as coming from like an editing director mindset, like he is, he is my you know, textbook on how to do what I want. Um, I feel like I saw this movie and I was like, that's it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but he, I think first, first and foremost, it goes, it goes in a, in a mode of pacing and like comedic pacing. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's so interesting to me is that I feel like comedic movies don't anymore use staging and film and camera movements and background and lighting as part of the comedy, like, you know, Anchorman or, or forgetting Sarah Marshall, which I love is, is a, is a bunch of guys sitting around improvising, which is funny. Yeah. But like you put all these people in the same room and they do their thing. And that is that. Whereas, whereas this is a full production you have, you have Nick Frost and you have uh, Simon Pegg doing their, their timing and, and comedic work off of each other. But then you have this, like the this like quick pan to something that says, "I need to look at that." Cool, you need to look at that, and it's a <laughs> word on the sign. And now we go back over here. Um, 
that is so distinctly Edgar Wright to me and and was made so apparent so quickly in this movie that it was like this is my movie like this is this is my style and yeah. this is how our contract works you know this like like the the camera is part of the storyteller it yeah. is it's not it's not just there to capture what's happening so what's the plan right we take Pete's car we drive over to Mum's. we go in we take care of Philip I'm so sorry Philip then we grab Mum we go over to Liz's place pull up have a cup of tea and wait for all this to blow over why have we got to go to Liz's because we do but she dumped you I have to know if she's alright why because I love her yeah I love that. I think you're so right. It is part like the camera is the um the camera's the fifth character. <laughs> <laughs> the audience really makes it work. <laughs> no, so the camera is and and that's why it's so important to recognize that this is Edgar's art mm-hmm. is and this is why it's his performance because mm-hmm. It does. You're right. It plays so much more of a factor into the entire comedy. I mean, he, I think that there are moments that he tosses that in there to keep you on the edge of your seat because you do know at any moment, you know that we're going to have zombies. Yes. And like, so the sharp cuts to, especially in the beginning when it's uh, Sean getting ready for work and it's like toilet flushing. Yeah. <laughs> well, that and that too. Another thing that I love about about Edgar Wright and and how he like performs through his movies is everything is just a love letter to everything that he loves. You know, like yeah. so much of this is is George Romero and John Carpenter and Sam Raimi and um direct who who directed like. Dawn of the Dead and Evil Dead and um, Halloween, yeah. like um, it's and like he's been he's been quoted saying like his favorite movie, the movie that made him like love movies and horror movies, is American Werewolf in London. Um, yes, which like oh. some of these shots, like the mirror shot uh, with Pete, um, is exactly from a werewolf in London. Yes. Yeah, or, and to um. Uh, sorry if I get I my my brain goes like every which no, direction. I'm like, this makes me think of this. Have you listened to any episode? <laughs> I have. This, I have. <laughs> this is what happens. Yes. Um, <laughs> but with with that mentioning that um, mirror mirror scene, it's so cool what he does. That he like we were saying before, he like films the whole movie before the whole movie takes place, and he right. just follows the whole movie. Right. So you're you're dealing with this send up of horror. The first of the first thirty minutes, you're dealing with the send up of a horror genre where like you're setting up this mirror scare and you're setting up this like window climb scare and you're setting up you're setting up Bill Nye in the in the video store being yeah. a dead guy and none yeah. of it is none of it is scary. It's all just like yeah. normal happenings or like Sean walking on the bath mat and yawning and it's just a guy yawning, and then it all happens again. But it is a horror movie. Like yeah. it happens exactly the same as it just happened. But it we're like the same stakes are there. There's just an actual zombie in the situation. <laughs> That's so true. I I love zombie movies over in Europe, mm-hmm. especially because everybody's pasty already. So. <laughs> yeah, you never know. <laughs> and especially in this movie, when he's riding on that bus with all those folks, uh-huh. like. 
you kind of look back on it and you're like, wait, so were they infected? Because they have to be. They look miserable. Well, and that's and that's and that's the thing about the setup is like, yeah, there's a full on zombie apocalypse going on. I mean, the whole the whole scene with Yvonne, his his best friend, yeah, yeah. like matches the group. Um, yeah. it's happening in front of a traffic jam caused by a guy that just like died at the wheel and is being taken away from an ambulance, and he, they just like have no idea. And when when Ed and Sean are going to the Winchester on the first night, like after, you know, after the breakup and everything, like he's walking to the Winchester and you hear like car alarms going off in the Mm -hmm. background. And I just love that. And then like ambulances just randomly go by, sirens are happening. But yet Edgar is telling us he's like, focus on this. These two. Yes. Yeah, there's fully a world at crisis, but this is what we're we're looking at. And what's brilliant is the whole time I am like, oh, I want to know what's going on back there, but not more than I want to know what's happening between these two people. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is such a precarious line to balance on because we we can get wrapped up in the big stuff. We can get wrapped up in like the chaos and everything like that. But he's telling us to focus on the relationships because if we don't know that center relationship, we're not going to connect with the rest of the film. Yep. Yeah. I think, I think speaking to, to that, to that, you know, Edgar Wrightness, uh, leaving the, the edits and stuff and, and homages aside for a second. Like, I think the mo- the best example of that in the movie is the scene that goes from from Sean and Philip, Simon Pegg and Bill Nye in the back seat where he's saying like he knows he knows he's about to die and he's like I just want you to know that like it was hard for me to mm-hmm. to like take the place of your father and I didn't really know how to do it but I always wanted you to succeed so like I'm sorry that our relationship didn't work out, but that's I, that's all I was trying to do. And like they have this touching moment, and and then it quickly snaps from like like Sean's crying, and he's like, "Stop the car!" And they stop, and everything's fine. And he's like, he's like, Philip is gone, and his mom's like, "No, he's not." And immediately, it's funny again, and a horror situation again because they are in the car with a zombie that is like going to kill them. So it goes from like. In an instant, it goes from it goes from this heavy emotional familial moment to horror comedy again. Back to like they finally get out of the car, everything's fine, and then they use the thing of of Edgar Wright has a way of you know comedy comes in threes and like we set up jokes, yeah, set up running jokes throughout the movie. Yeah. So so the whole time we've had he's not my dad, he's not my dad, he's not my dad over and over, and and. They get out of the car and Barbara, his mom, is like, we have to get we have to get Philip out of the car. He's still in the like your dad's still in the car. And he says, he's not my dad. And she gets mad at him. And he <laughs> says, switch back, like, take that joke, switch back to no, he was my dad. But yeah, that's not him. Switch back to a horror movie. Yes. And they're arguing over this emotional thing. And then like the there's nothing left of that of your husband. The man that is in there, there's nothing left of your husband in there. And then he turns off the music. Which makes there be something left of the husband making it a comedy again. Like I love in, that. in 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 what? 20 seconds, it 
changes the tone but stays in the tone well yeah and the the other scene i think of that is like definition of this is the scene where they're trying to it's during the apocalypse and they're trying to get into the winchester Mm. and ed gets a phone call and kind of sits down and starts talking on the sofa. <laughs> and, then, and then Simon, uh, uh, Sean is like, you fuck up. Like, I have always been there for you. And like, he has that cathartic moment that yeah. we're, we've all been waiting for. And we're like, this is what needs to happen in this relationship. But <laughs> it's all happening while there's a horde of zombies, like, yep. closing in on them. Yeah, <laughs> and like, and- uh, it's so good. <laughs> me and me and Flavia have a my friend Flavia have a have a talk about Spielberg that we that we say that you know every time every time the stakes like get high it's like and everything's on fire because in the Spielberg movie you know Indiana Jones he is he is in a pit and it's dark and you're like oh no and then it's like oh there's also snakes those are his <laughs> fear that's bad also there's Nazis up above with guns that's also bad. Also, everything around him is on fire and he has to get out. Or like, or like, oh, the electricity is coming back on on this fence. Uh, we need to, we need to get out of it. Also, there's a T-Rex chasing you. <laughs> and I feel like Edgar Wright, especially in this movie, does that so well of just like, yeah, yeah, cool. We need to deal with these stakes immediately because yeah. death is next to us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Another fabulous example of that is when after uh, Sean's mother gets bitten mm-hmm. and she's about to turn, and David, uh, the asshole friend, oh, who like we cannot stand David, <laughs> Duff. I hate Duff. Yeah. <laughs> like so. Anyway, so he's getting ready to shoot her, mm-hmm. and. They all have this crazy fight where all in one moment, Sean accuses David of loving Sean's ex-girlfriend, and then David's current girlfriend agrees, and then, like, yeah. all the while, they're like, don't shoot his mother. Like, there's just so much going well, it, on. It's this, it's this, again, the Edgar Wright situation, it's this, like, heavy, dramatic moment, and then there's the moments of Diane being like, do you think this is fair? And Ed <laughs> breaking another glass and giving it to her, and then picking up a corkscrew so she can be in on the thing, too. <laughs> I... You know what? Diane's a fascinating character because I think that she gets a little bit of the short shrift as far as like some semblance of closure in mm-hmm. some way. Uh, she's my one tragic character. I just feel so bad for her. Absolutely. Um, well, but and also what's interesting, like from the Edgar Wright script writing um, perspective is the whole idea of of what does she say when she is talking to David about about Lizzie and saying like, you've always loved Lizzie. Like we all know that, but I was the one who was there to pick up the pieces. Yes. And then yes. he literally gets ripped apart by zombies. And he's <laughs> left with his, like his leg and goes out trying to pick up the pieces. <laughs> it is so, uh, it's so brilliant. He's just, he has such a way of like being seven steps ahead. Yes, the audience, and yeah, it's like watching any of his movies. I, I like, I struggle to stay on this one because I love them all so much. But like yeah. watching, yeah. watching any of them, it is the most on a ride I've felt in 
in a movie watching situation in yeah. a long time. Um, yeah. Even, I, even thinking about like Marvel, well, some Marvel movies, thinking about which Ant Man was supposed to be directed by Edgar Wright, and yeah. I think we were robbed of the best Marvel movie. Um, <laughs> I know. I, I'm still mad. Like, and I, I'm a diehard, you know, I, I see them all, and I love those movies. And I do love, I actually do love Kevin Feige in a weird way. Yeah. I'm, kind of like i do think that he's really great i think they're incredible at listening to their audience because every now and then they'll they'll full-on just give us exactly what we demand Mm -hmm. we're like you know we're like we want a superhero of color well here's black panther yes we want you a movie directed by a a woman and it's like here's chloe saying directing the eternals and like all this stuff and like these amazing like they do listen to their audience but the one time that i feel like he didn't listen to us was when he took edgar wright off of ant-man <laughs> well and it goes it goes back to what we were talking about before you know ant-man then turned into a anchorman or forgetting sarah marshall where it's where its highlights are the comedy of it i'd say yeah. because it's a it's an adam mackie adam k um um paul rudd script now yeah. because it was rewritten after edgar wright left it's now just like there are there are some emotional parts there, but it's now just a bunch of guys sitting in a room improvising off of each other yeah. rather than like, I'm going to take you on a planned ride from start to finish mm-hmm. um, with a lot of emotional stuff in between. And like, I trust my actors to be the comedy of this, but I will help them by by throwing comedy around them. So the pressure is less on them to succeed at those moments. Yeah. Yeah. And looking back on it, I just think that Edgar is not a franchise player. No. He's not he's not meant to follow the guidelines, yeah. right? Yeah. And I mean, they always say with the Marvel films that Kevin is actually directing them. Mm-hmm. Yes, everybody else kind of follows along. And I don't th- that's where I think the biggest problem lied was I just don't think that Edgar was like he didn't play ball like well, well and that's like he him leaving said he was like i think the problem was like i was always excited to make a marvel movie they weren't excited to make an edgar wright movie which <laughs> is you know that's fair gotta leave that which is because james gunn made a james gunn movie anyway <laughs> yeah no you're right and and so yeah that is interesting because guardians totally like guardians did. We're we're getting off topic, sorry, but uh, <laughs> Alyssa and I are watching like some. I'm like curating a rewatch where like we basically skip the origin stories to just get into the meat. But we just finished Guardians, and like now we're getting into the age of Marvel that I'm like, eh, about you know I'm yeah. not a huge fan of Civil War because I love the comics and I can't get past that, and that's my own fault. Um, yeah. I like Age of Ultron is eh, and like I, I feel like until Black Panther and Spider Man come along. It's kind of eh from now on, which is so weird because Guardians was so good. Yeah. And like put I think, put its own distinctive mark where Ant-Man, I think, could have with Edgar, but just like messed it up. It just didn't work. Yeah. I yeah, I just love that he is seven steps ahead of his audience. I think that he has he's one of those directors who has the entire storyboard 
just like in his head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And so many of those quick cuts, I think, are just legitimate cards yes. from his his like brain. Yep. You know? Yep. Which I, I, I don't think until I watched it this specific time, I think because I was coming on to do this podcast with you, but like, doesn't it feel like Matt Gunnell's directing? Um, yeah. Like it's, it's that type of directing that it's like your cast is there. And like, they're all here for a reason because they can do what mm-hmm. I need them to do. And I will, he- I will like throw everything in my power into the story to help them succeed rather than like you're telling my story or you're doing this it, or or like let's just figure it out as we go it's like no yeah. this is what i want to tell and i know you yeah. can all help me and i can help you yeah here is we're getting from point a to point b you gotta help me kind of figure this way out mm-hmm. but like stay within these parameters yeah. stay within these kind of this kind of world that we've created yeah, yeah. So just for those who who don't know, Ryan and I met years ago doing a production of Reefer Madness directed by our dear friend, the late Matthew Gunnels, who was truly one of the best directors Incredible. in the city of Chicago and went far too soon yeah. because he was about to do some amazing things. Oh, man. And like he... He was great. He he is very much like Edgar Wright. It is very much like this is my little world that I've created that we're all gonna play in, mm-hmm. you know. But here are the rules that we all accept. We all understand that this is what this is. And out of that comes the beauty of the ensemble creating yes. whatever. And that's that's also I mean, everything is accepted in this world right away because i think of you mentioned it earlier the wildest choice that i love mm-hmm. is when he meets his friend when they cross paths yeah. <laughs> and he, you know sean's in a group with his ex-girlfriend his ex-girlfriend's best friend and her boyfriend and then his mom and so they meet up and they cross paths with the entire group like mirrored yes and like with like martin freeman, freeman and, <laughs> and uh what's his face uh matt um from little britain oh yeah um, yeah. yeah yeah i can't remember his well, name what's, but- what's interesting too is like she Yvonne is is the co-writer with Simon Pegg of Spaced, and she played opposite really? him on Spaced. Yeah. Okay. This leads to something interesting that I was thinking about. Yeah. I think there is a hint of Edgar Wright in Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Oh. Uh, they yeah, both, especially Fleabag, yeah. Yeah. I think they both are like kindred spirits like their soul sisters in a way like she uh-huh. just has this like she's just like him in these weird hysterical choices that yeah. you're just like this is great well, i think especially like if you go to killing eve like killing eve feels very yes like, yeah, yeah 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 absolutely well and even just like the the idea of like the priest hearing her and like you know, yeah. like stuff like that. It's like, wait, what? That that didn't exist. Like it's it's always should have existed, and like technically did exist in the world. We just didn't know about it yet. Yeah, like the zombies in this movie, where it's like, oh yeah, but there's also like this thing going on, and it's been weird that you've been speaking to someone that's not here this whole time. 
It's so fascinating. I just like, there was something about when I was watching it today that I was just like, wow, this like really feels like a lot of art that is like really great right now that Mm -hmm. we all love that like we had just a few years earlier that like you could tell probably influenced a lot of what is now here, you know? Well, yeah. And it's, it's so interesting to see too, because I think, um, you know, so much of our, like movie cultures specifically mm-hmm. and some of our music culture, which, which, you know, was, was created elsewhere to begin with, um, like comes over from, from like, there's this, there's this huge British influence into like everything that yeah. pop culture has become for, for Americans, not everything, but a lot of things, comedy, I would say specifically with Monty Python. Um, Yes. That then, you know, like, it's kind of been like, oh, here's this. And then this generation of like Edgar Wright, Phoebe Waller-Bridge sees that. And it's like, cool, now I'm going to take that and put a new British spin on what you thought it was. Yeah. And be a step ahead of you the whole time, always. (laughs) I also just feel like the Brits are just... The people who have who have the the handles on the purses over there, the money, mm-hmm. they're more willing to just take a chance. Yeah, that's why. I mean, I'm not a. I'm. Not, I don't watch, but like that's why Doctor Who exists. I assume there's how many seasons I, of that crazy right. show? <laughs> like, I, I've only seen like one episode. Yeah. I've never done it. And like, I feel like it's funny because it's like one of those like nerd like qualities that mm-hmm. i feel like i should have oh me too I, i've never yeah. yeah never committed to it it's so it's so much yes it is it is a lot and you have to like a lot of people are like well no if you just start with tenant then you won't have to like but no you have to know the yeah. world and like i just don't have the time <laughs> no 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 <laughs> even in a pandemic <laughs> I don't have the time to invest in 70 seasons of <laughs> yeah. insanity. 70 seasons. That's too much. <laughs> now, I, I want to play a game here. Let's yes. play a little game. So Edgar seems to be doing these things where he makes genre films. Mm-hmm. So this is a zombie movie. Hot Fuzz is an 80s, 90s action film. Uh, at World's End has a space invaders quality to it. And uh, Scott Pilgrim is a video game meets a sitcom. It's crazy. And then, of course, Baby Driver is a heist film. Mm -hmm. What genre do you want him to tackle next? Oh, my God. It's funny. I was listening to Patrick's episode today, and I was like, I know what question Tommy is going to ask me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And actually, I have always wanted this. I kind of like, I have wanted to create it just based on my love of Edgar Wright films. Like, so as you're saying, they're like all genre movies, but they are in a way like it's a send up of zombie and horror films that in itself is a good zombie a horror film. Like it's mm-hmm. still funny, but there are times that's like, wow, that's crazy. And becomes overall a good movie, regardless of genre. Um, like we were talking about with the relationship stuff. So what I want is like a quintessential John Hughes 80s film. Uh, like (laughs) there's Bueller, Breakfast Club, Pretty in Pink, 16 Candles, just, just the most 
80s film because like think about that song the soundtrack first of all edgar wright mm-hmm. at the helm of an 80s film it'd be so good <laughs> but yeah just like a quintessential like cliches and and music because that music is such a big part of how it feels you know like when the synth and like the 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 electric drum hits you're yeah like, i am in i am watching an 80s movie <laughs> yeah um even back to the future like adding adding some yeah. of those aspects to it sure. like big big adventure 80s movie i think that 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 turns out to be actually just a good 80s movie and then a good movie regardless the kind of movies that we don't get anymore because they've been replaced by the marvel films yes these big adventures these epics yes yeah have yeah so i love that i love that idea i think that's brilliant i think my two i couldn't decide uh-huh. so i want him to do a hard-boiled detective noir (laughs) that would be great yeah especially if so basically both of these i want him to do a period piece because i would like to see him tackle another period absolutely so so hard-boiled detective it seems right up like simon Pegg looks like one like Mm -hmm. he looks like he'd be perfect on the editing would be like the editing and the lighting especially would be awesome and then i want him to do like a gothic horror film now not like not like horror but like like almost like weathering heights kind of feel you know and i think he would be so good at it yeah and especially if like and i'm gonna say her again take a drink but especially if it's a female in the lead and it's like phoebe waller bridge absolutely oh my god i think it would be so brilliant i think it would be so like crazy i just think he would have so much fun i would love to see that because i think i mean he obviously does work so well with with simon peg and nick frost but i and i mean he's broken out with since with scott pilgrim and that cast is great and so is baby driver um yeah but yeah i would love to see him direct phoebe waller bridge because i think they would like you said they would like already know what each other is gonna say and just and just be an immediate chemistry that yeah oh it would be so good i think so too (laughs) what is his what is this next one because like the next one is the last is the last night in soho with anna taylor joy and matt smith i think oh interesting i think it's matt smith it's either matt smith or david Tennant. back to doctor who but um (laughs) I think it's Matt Smith that is supposed to be like a like a city thriller, I guess. Oh, I don't remember specifically, but also he was recently the Amblin team. The Spielberg's production company is has has hired him to do Stage 13, which is a horror movie. Um, oh, and there was something else coming up, but I forgot what it was. I am like especially after like getting ant-man taken away i'm like <laughs> when is the next one <laughs> well he makes us wait so I know. long yeah because between and that's the thing about ant like between what scott pilgrim came out 10 years ago ant-man must have came out six years ago I, i'll <laughs> say i guess i don't know baby driver came out three or four three years yeah three years ago probably yeah i think it was three yeah, it's yeah. Like every every three years that's not fun that's not fun no but all of them are i like there is not a movie of his that i don't absolutely love you know like yeah where other directors it's like oh yeah that one's fine this is my favorite yeah um but the other ones are like cool 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 this one is I, like i everyone is my favorite 
Yeah, I think everybody can look at his filmography and find one film to really click with. I think he does a really good job of like, you know, he gives a lot in his films, but he doesn't make them so inside jokey. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yes. It's very like he keeps it very open so that anybody can join in at any time and get the get the joke or yeah. be along in the movie. He doesn't keep it all, you know, you don't have to there's nothing that you're like, oh, like that's an Edgar Wright thing that like if you saw his first movie, you know, a fistful of dollars in like then you would get it. And what you said about like, he gives so much is that like, there is plenty of that, but like, it's not, it's not needed. You know, it's there's each, each movie is so, is so skilled on its own. Like this one specifically, there's like one of the, the, there's a zombie with like a biker cap, um, who is a character from spaced, like they're, and the, 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 he's not my boyfriend. Uh, it might be a bit warm. The cooler's off. Thanks, babe. Like that's yeah. that's oh, a big yeah. joke from Spaced. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh my gosh. See, I'm maybe I'm just outside. No, but you didn't you didn't miss anything, right? That's true. So no, your point I, is exactly exactly there. Well, and and what's so good about all of them being like such a genre thing is that they're all good movies, regardless. But yes, if if horror is your genre, or if action is your genre, or if like I'm not a huge like I have to watch it again. It's probably the one I've seen least, but Hot Fuzz is is not my favorite of them. But it's also because like I was never into Bad Boys Two, and I was never into like the big like action things that they're making Lethal fun weapon, of. Die Hard, all yeah, of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I so get this one stands out to me as like, oh, I know everything that's going on. And Scott Pilgrim, like when they play the Fairy Fountain theme, when like all yeah. of the all of the stuff that the video game references that are going on sweet coins, like all of that. I'm so immediately on board with. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's like, for me, it's, I click a lot with hot fuzz. I click a lot with Scott Pilgrim. And then I do, I do enjoy baby driver. I know. (laughs) Like I said, like I said, Edgar Wright movies are my textbook for like how I want editing to be and, and filmmaking to be baby driver is like the tome, you know, it is. Yeah. He, made a musical basically with with cars and like timed entire three to four large car chases and action sequences specifically to the beat everything in that movie is timed to a beat and that is insane he's i it is it is a musical without a song with songs without songs like it it's driven fully by music. It is as the soundtrack is what keeps everybody going. Music plays such an important part in the film. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And that opening, that opening sequence where like, you know, that is the most musical moment where he's going to get coffee, not, not the chase, but the, when he's going mm-hmm. to get coffee after the chase and like, there's all of the lyrics of the song on like a stop sign or a part of graffiti or like this sign yeah. that says like, move it to the left or something. Yeah. Um, I forgot to mention that. I love his opening credits. Oh my God. They are always so interesting. They're always so good. That's like the genius of the Shaun and the Dead ones is they're showing people at their work mm-hmm. at like 
waiting for their commutes already being zombies yes and then you're just like oh i get it i get it like it's i just love i love i just love that he goes it's kind of what the consistency that i'm finding doing this podcast Mm -hmm. is what people are drawn to are just these people who are just like these artists who are like, I'm going to make this choice and nobody's going to stop me. Yeah, because <laughs> like, that's what we want, right? That's yeah. what we want to see. We want to, we want someone's stamp on something. We don't yeah. want, you know, another of the same thing. And I think it's like why we're running into such difficulty in a lot of like our medium, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. cool. This show again, like, can we yeah. hear a different voice, please? Like, like, why couldn't the pandemic have happened the year that everybody did Mamma Mia? <laughs> I know, yeah, 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 the same version of Mamma Mia, too. Like, <laughs> like, and that's what I think, like, you know, Edgar Wright is a cis white male, so it is, it is still the voice that we've heard. But it right. at least is a distinct well, voice. Yes, at least he is like at least he is in his own way, like kind of putting his own spin on things, being uh being adventurous with his choices, understanding that he can get away with a lot of this because he is a white cis male. Exactly. Like, and, exactly. and we know yeah. that. But he but I I think that he would here's what I'll say. I think that him in his choices and stuff does bring to us other people who are willing to just like go for it. Like I do think there is mm-hmm. there is this thing where you could say like Edgar Wright does not does not give in to is not compromising any of his vision. Yes. Neither is like a Jordan Peele, neither is yeah. like there's aspects of in some of her like fictional stuff. And I'm really excited to see her dive more into this, but like Ava DuVernay, like there's no, they, they don't, they're not compromising. And so I think it's more about that. Yes, there are, there is a privilege to him, but I also think that what he does isn't guaranteed to be accepted. Yes. You know? Yep. Yeah. Well, I think I think like it it having this this style too and and this thing like unfortunately like leads way to let studios like trust that I mean it doesn't uh but but the fact that these things are such successes and like you know Ant-Man wasn't that much of a success where all of his other movies are except for Scott Pilgrim yeah. which is critically acclaimed and and yeah. and culturally acclaimed but it just like didn't make the money but it leads the way to like yeah cool maybe we can like give some control over Um, yeah yeah there's aspects of do you know the director john chu yeah Um, yeah so it's funny that you said that edgar directed baby driver like a musical because Mm -hmm. that's what i always say about john chu directing crazy rich asians Crazy Rich Asians was a musical yeah. without music. Yeah, like, absolutely. Shot like a musical. It's stunning. And I think he's in that same kind of thing where he's like, I just go with me. Like, mm-hmm. he's like, this, this is what we need more of. Like, these kind of visions. Yes. And these people to be like, listen, you're not going, like, 
you need to trust me. You need to go with me on this. Mm-hmm. That is what's making for interesting work. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I, I mean yeah. all of Bong Joon-ho's work, like, oh, I mean, yeah. it's, itself is a, a totally new, totally, uh, like, from from his mind thing that we haven't seen before. Yeah. Uh, and that's why it got such a good acclaim. Because, like, you know, I I love the movie, but a lot of people, you know... Ha- even it won and a lot of people are like well it wasn't as good as this or it wasn't as good as that like i do think taika waititi with with um um jojo rabbit jojo rabbit did the same mm-hmm. thing um yeah. but not in quite a quite a uh delicate way bong joon ho does like takes us on a ride from start to finish like through his brain saying things that he wants to say and he needs to to be seen yeah but like puts it all like it's not happening almost like that the whole the whole movie is is just like a straight character drama like talking talking to each other yeah until the the big stuff at the end yeah um or you know a lot of people with bong joo ho films have an issue of like tone like they don't know what the tone is and so they're just like because it's everything which is a tone in itself (laughs) and and you know as a like a bunch of americans aren't aren't we we have to do because we don't look outwards from our culture to see what other people are saying because we like everything compartmentalized we like everything like spoon fed to us Mm -hmm. we don't like this wild life we don't like we don't like seeing actual life and actual art happen in front of us where it can be at one moment horrifying and at one moment hysterical at one moment heartbreaking it can be all of it at once well especially that movie having having to explain to so many like american moviegoers that like i was talking to like you have to see this movie i love this movie it's like yeah like it's not a horror movie but I know it's I know it's kind of being advertised even just from the poster as a yeah. horror movie, but just because that's where our mind puts it, like don't yeah. admit it in that, please, because you won't like it probably. Yeah, but guess what? There is it's horrific because mm-hmm. oh yeah, it's, it's like, well. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just I I will say this: there is a lot that is still a fucking issue yeah. in the industry yeah. that we need to get rid of. However. There is this new generation, it feels like, of filmmakers, of really exciting people. You mentioned him. I I love Taika Waititi. Oh, my God. He is my... I think... He's (laughs) my new Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright has been with me. Taika Waititi is my new guy. (laughs) I think think he's one of the few that broke the Marvel system. Oh, yes. Ragnarok? Yeah. Ragnarok. Love and Thunder, too. Yeah. Ragnarok is is the closest we got to an Edgar Wright. Uh, absolutely yeah like i think, I, think, I don't know i don't know about if taika is in the circle too but like i know edgar wright and bong joon ho are friends yes and i feel like he's gotta be part of it too right yeah i i i don't know if you saw this on my instagram but um you know ava duvernay like posted this photo on instagram of her like sitting on taika's uh lap at like a party after party or something uh-huh. and and then there was a video of them two just like giggling and having so much fun. And I was like, I was like, I love both of you. Yeah, like the ability to work with any of them 
I know. That's my thing as an actor too is like, yes, I want to tell cool stories and I want to like make my own art. But like, honestly, if any of these people tell me what to do in any way, I'll be so happy. Like, <laughs> my instincts. I'm just gonna do what they say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you know better, you know better. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I love it. So so let's go ahead and put Edgar Wright's direction of Shaun of the Dead into our book of death. <laughs> oh, I love it so much. All right, so here to wrap up, we're going to go ahead and do my gags of the week. Okay, so my first gag, the other day, I went on a picnic with some coworkers of mine, and y'all, outside is a gag. Outside is a gag. Write it down. It's the truth. I just, you know, this pandemic has been really interesting for indoor kids like myself. Because I'm like, now I just like, all I want to do is be outside. And all I want to do is like, go somewhere, go to a park, go to a lake. I, it's just like, it's been a really odd reverse effect. Uh Like, it's like... Oh, I've gotten what I've always wanted. Just stay inside and read and watch movies. And now I'm like, fuck this. (laughs) Get me out. (laughs) I'll I'll go on a hike. I don't care. (laughs) So outside is my first gag. My second gag. uh, Okay. I spoiled it on the Instagram, but Lovecraft Country. Oh, my God. fucking love it here's the deal i to me it has this very it has kind of a true blood feel to it and and i fucking loved true blood Uh (laughs) but i just love the i mean the history that it teaches and the fascinating ways that it works in race relations with lovecraft like lore and his like creatures and stuff which we were he used to be scared of the things that we don't know which is what is basically race relations is that like a bunch of white people are scared of the things that they don't know Mm -hmm. and so it's really fascinating to see them use it in this story and it's so brilliant it's shot gorgeously. It looks like a million bucks every scene. The cast is flawless. I'm obsessed and I cannot wait. Uh-huh. I I have not gotten a chance to watch it yet, but as you know, <laughs> I cannot wait. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> no, I think you're really going to enjoy it. It's just, it's it's great. We also, I have to say, in this house, we stand Journey Smollett. I love Journey Smollett ever since she was Michelle Tanner's best friend in Full House. <laughs> I was like, this girl's a star. <laughs> and guess what? She still is. <laughs> I love Journey Smollett. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, any, 
any thoughts, any uh, closing, you know, thoughts that you want to share? Um, I don't think so. I'm uh, running through all my notes and being like, did I say everything I wanted? I think I did. I think it's all good. I think it's all good oh, in there. This has been lovely. I really, I, I thank you so much for bringing us such an interesting choice. Our first direction. Thank you, that, thank you like, for picking it. I was oh, excited. I picked it and I was like, cool, great, excited. Yeah. And, and the other director one that you gave me, I was like, oh my oh. God. Because I, it's just. We would, knows? we would have a time. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, it was Ryan Johnson's direction of The Last Jedi. <laughs> the, the best, the best and most important Star Wars movie since Return of the Jedi. Yeah. See, we are apologists. We we love it. I love it. I love him. I think he's brilliant. Great. Knives out. Beautiful. Knives out. So good. <laughs> but uh, maybe maybe down the line, you'll come back and we'll chat about that. Amazing. And, and go off. But Ryan, thank you so much for joining me. Thank tonight. you for having me. It. And the rest of you, hey, keep on gagging. Mm-hmm. an absolute gag is produced and edited by me cover art provided by grace greenwood at 1310 studios follow her on instagram at 1310 underscore studios or visit their website at www.1310 spelled out studios.com music provided by vivera find them on spotify and itunes rate and subscribe to the podcast on all podcatcher apps apple podcasts and spotify Follow the pod on Instagram and Twitter at an absolute gag pod. Thanks for listening. Now pump it, queens.